Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. And and this is our first episode of 2022, so I'm excited. Yes, me too. And we're talking about feeding the hard keepers, where we finished 2021 talking about the easy keepers. So it only makes sense to to talk about the opposite on the spectrum. And just to kick this one off, if you know, it's very similar to to last week's episode. Can you just start off what you consider a hard keeper? What how would you define that? So what I was going to say is hard keeper is such a nebulous term. I think easy keeper was a little bit more simple. That's essentially a horse who maintains their body condition on forage alone. Hard keeper, I think people have more varying ideas about because it's part of what you're used to. If your whole barn is made up of easy keepers and you have this one horse who requires four pounds of a complete feed per day or a full intake feed, you're like, gosh, I have to feed that one so much. It's such a hard keeper because you're used to feeding a pound or two a ration balancer. If on the other hand, you have a barn full of horses doing a really hard job, the type that have higher metabolisms, and you're used to feeding eight to 10 pounds of full intake feed a day, and you only have to feed four pounds, you're like, wow, what an easy keeper. So Mm -hmm. it it does vary. I'm going to say for the sake of our podcast that the way I think about hard keepers are these horses who have more difficulty maintaining their weight or body condition. And really, to me, the big difference is they need more intensive management or care to maintain their weight. So there are some horses that simply throwing a scoop of feed in front of them twice a day isn't going to do the job. And we have to think about their management as a whole to keep weight on them. And those are the ones that I think are truly the hard keepers. But for the sake of simplicity, uh, let's say that if you have to feed you know, between six and 10 pounds of a pretty calorie dense concentrate each day. So a higher fat, higher fiber, more calorie dense feed, that would probably fall into most people's idea of harder keeper. And I mean, and, and then just, they tend to, to have a lower body condition score, correct? And and I, I also wanted to ask you too today, because we, we didn't really talk about it last week, but you know, we ha- and we haven't touched upon it in a while, but that's the tribute wellness system. So with a, with that takes body condition score into, into account, how would a hard keeper come up in that type of a system, you know, looking at it and you'd use those measurements and say, okay, that's a hard keeper. So we actually have to separate those two ideas. A hard keeper who is not fed appropriately would be on the lower end of a body condition score scale. So to review that real quick, body condition scoring system goes from one to nine. One is extremely emaciated. Nine is just beyond obese. And healthy ranges from four to six. So you can have a horse who's an easier hard keeper and you adjust their diet such that they fall in that four to six range. Now, the big difference here is that the hard keeper, you're really fighting to keep it on the higher end of the healthy range in that if you didn't make interventions compared to an easy keeper, they are more likely to have a lower body condition score. But, you know, I certainly have hard keepers 
in the barn that are between a body condition score of five and six. The fact that they're currently managed and fed such that their body condition score isn't on the low end of healthy or even underweight is a reflection of management and feeding, not necessarily their metabolic status. So when we're talking about easy and hard keeper, their metabolic status is what we're talking about. And how we feed them impacts where their body condition score would be. So let's say we have two horses, an easy keeper and a hard keeper, fed the exact same diet. The hard keeper, if it's not getting enough calories, is going to tend towards the lower end of the body condition score. The easy keeper is going to tend towards the higher side, even though they'd be eating the exact same amount of feed. One might be a four, one might be a six and so forth. So your body condition scoring system, that's a goal for energy intake. And of course, we don't want to forget top line scoring tells us their amino acid balance. Looking at those metabolic fat pockets gives us an idea if we have to worry about insulin resistance, things like those. But ultimately, I see many situations where a horse isn't necessarily a hard keeper in the sense that I would call a horse a hard keeper because you only fed it a pound or two of grain. You're feeding it easy keeper rations, which have it at a low body condition score, whereas maybe four pounds a day of calm and easy would put it right in the center of that healthy body condition scoring. I wouldn't call that horse a hard keeper, but you're looking at two separate scales. Yeah, it does get... (laughs) It does get convoluted, right? It's just, you know, all these different, you know, horse owners juggling all of these concepts and ideas. So just trying to break it down for them and and, and make it simple. Now, Uh, like last week. It's not simple. That's why we're listening to a podcast, right? It's part of what makes it it fun. I I wish it was as easy as your horse is Mm -hmm. a hard keeper, feed six pounds of this and carry on with life. And unfortunately, we know that... Six pounds is not appropriate for every horse of XYZ grain. So, no, that's a good point. That's why we do the podcast, and, you know, you know, week in, week out, and, and we just take one little little bit or piece of this and and break it down. So, yeah, and that and that's why you went to school forever just to to try to master all this. <laughs> but like like last week, okay, you know, we knew certain breeds or types of horses tended to be easy keepers. So to flip that around, what types of breeds or horses are considered, you know, hard keepers or they tend to be? Sure. And again, you know, the caveat is these are just generalizations. You can absolutely find an individual in each group that will go against the broad stereotype. But in general, your hotter blooded, higher strong horses tend to be harder keepers. Part of that is a function of the fact that just their basal metabolism is higher And basal metabolism is just how many calories you burn to like be alive, not to, not to do work, not to gain or lose weight. It's just the number of calories it takes for you to exist. And you definitely have horses whose just their baseline metabolism is higher. So groups of horses, you might think about this a lot of times are ones that have hotter blood thoroughbreds, high proportion thoroughbred blood, uh, in a warm blood, Uh, Arabians, kind of any of those hotter blooded breeds tend to be harder keepers. The other part of that is a lot of times these horses may be a little bit higher strung, which means in addition to the calories they burn just to be alive, 
They might be a little bit more active. Uh, They might spend more time worrying. They might be more predisposed to digestive upset that makes them less feed efficient. So there are kind of some other factors that go into them being hard keepers. I, you know, a great example is if you look at a group of horses on turnout, and a lot of times if you have varying personalities, you'll see how they behave a little bit differently. So I have one horse who is an easy keeper and he goes out on grass and he focuses, he eats, he does not wander (laughs) around, he does not do other things. And then, you know, I have a different hotter type horse. He happens to be a thoroughbred that that horse probably walks five times more steps per day because he eats a little bit. He checks on what's over here. He eats a little bit. He goes and tries to get another horse to play with him. Like he's spending less of his time eating and expending more calories just existing because he's much more of a busybody. Mm-hmm. That goes mm-hmm. into kind of that easy keeper versus hard keeper type categorization. And that's before we even put a job on top of that. These are horses who are doing mm-hmm. nothing Never mind the added calories required for some of those jobs. What about age too? I was, I, was, I was tend to think you know senior horses could be considered hard keepers. Is that true? Some senior horses, yes. So you oftentimes find that as horses get into their senior years, they become harder keepers than they were. So that might mean a horse who was a very easy keeper then requires a moderate amount of additional calories. That could be a horse who let's say previously needed five pounds a day of calm and easy to maintain their weight. Well, you find now it's six pounds. Now it's seven pounds. Now Mm -hmm. it's eight pounds. And there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, part of it is just as they age, the, their efficiency of digestion goes down in part because just part of aging is that their dental health declines, even if they're well-managed. So they're having less mechanical breakdown of the feed, but also they secrete less of the enzymes that help break down nutrients. So you just have this reduced efficiency of their digestion going on overall as they age. Uh, Some other things, you know, where do they fall in your herd hierarchy? If you are out feeding in a group, Are they a harder keeper because they have less access to feed because they're very low on the totem pole? All of those things kind of play a role. So you may find that in one barn, that horse was a harder keeper and required quite a bit of additional concentrate. You change the situation that they're managed in and all of a sudden they require less. So these are dynamic definitions. Just because a horse is an easy keeper doesn't mean they will stay an easy keeper for life. And along those lines, though... Aging and different things, those tend to be slow changes. If you find a horse traditionally maintain their weight really easily and all of a sudden they're a hard keeper, then you're going to want to take a closer look into the veterinary side. So are there any health conditions, teeth, things like that, or the management side? Did something change there? All of that. Now I'm going to throw you a a (laughs) curveball because I'm trying to think of what our listeners may want to wonder about. And I was thinking... All right, hard keepers and all these things we talk about. Where do metabolic syndromes fall into this? You know, it's hard to manage, right? But could they be a hard keeper or are they more on the easy keeper side? Sure. And now that's a great question. So stereotypically, most of our horses who are metabolic are easy keepers. In part, it's it's the breed type. It's the fact that obesity decreases insulin sensitivity. However, 
not every horse who's metabolic is an easy keeper. There are definitely situations where we have to figure out how to add more calories to a horse's diet while keeping them low NSC. A great example of that would be there is a subset of horses with Cushing's that are harder keepers, in part because the drug that is used to treat Cushing's can make some horses have a reduced appetite. So then they're eating less, they're losing weight, now they need additional calories. So in general, metabolic horses are easy keepers, but not every single one. So we need to adjust our diet accordingly and not just think about, okay, they have X condition, therefore I should feed a ration balancer. They have X condition. What is the horse's body condition score today? How do I need to manage them to maintain a healthy body condition score? Now, you've already touched upon this a little bit. And, and just to kind of guess summarize or, or any other factors, why are these hard keepers? You know, there's so many different factors, but what are some of the ones that we missed or some of the more important ones? Sure. So there's the function of basic metabolism. Do these horses, some of them expend more calories to exist? Other reasons, and some of these are a horse might be a hard keeper because of this. And if we make some interventions, they'll become at least an easier keeper. Maybe they don't get down to just ration balancer, but maybe they require less feed. So dentition would be a big one. Any sort of dental pain, Um, or just simply teeth poor such that they're not grinding feed very well, that's going to decrease their feed efficiency. Certainly parasite load, um, that's going to impact how efficiently horses use their feed. Any sort of underlying health condition, so that could be a chronic pain, um, low-grade digestive upset, any of those, honestly, a lot of times horses have those low-grade issues that make them hard keepers, and you focus so much on what you feed them, where, for example, if the issue is ulcers, multiple times we'll see the example of we treat the horse appropriately for the ulcers, and all of a sudden they gain weight on the same amount of feed. It's because they were a hard keeper as a function of the underlying condition. Uh, Another one I brought up would just be low herd pecking order. So even though you're putting out a totally appropriate amount of hay, maybe that horse is not getting much of it. And because they're group fed, you don't necessarily know exactly what they're eating. That could make a horse a harder keeper and require more grain to make up for it. Now, we've talked a lot about the factors that could make a horse a hard keeper. And as a nutritionist, when you have, you know, clients reach out to you or customers reach out to you and ask, when you see these horses, what are some of the concerns that you have with them being a hard keeper? So a couple different directions you can think about this. The first is if they're a hard keeper and they're underweight, some of the issues we'd run into, I mean, we have that minimum body fat requirement because it supports health and One of the things that it does is it allows the horse to have a bit of a buffer when they experience some sort of really stressful event, a sickness, for example. If a horse is already underweight, they don't have the energy reserves to mount an adequate immune response, for example, if they are challenged. So part of that is simply the horse has a minimum body condition requirement because it's really a minimum body energy requirement and it allows them to respond to challenges in their environment. A great example of a challenge in the environment is thermoregulation. So particularly in the winter, 
a horse who's already thin is going to have more job or is going to have a more difficult time maintaining their body temperature. Um, so they're more likely to shiver and things like that. And then, of course, there's the simple just reduced performance. So if you think about yourself, if you're undernutritioned and then they someone told you to go run five miles, you're probably not going to run a personal best five miles if you have only been eating 75% of your required calories for the previous two weeks. Um, so certainly in terms of supporting performance, we need to make sure they have enough energy in their diet to do their job and then recover from their job. So a horse who's marginal in that is at higher likelihood of developing an injury if they're not recovering adequately and then doing a job again. Uh, similar along those lines. Okay. So, uh your concerns about them. So when they, when they do approach you, their horse being a hard keeper, how do you recommend they feed these animals? See, this is my favorite. I'd so much rather feed a hard <laughs> keeper. Butter, yeah. Yes. No, love it. Yeah. Uh, the first thing we want to do is look at our forage. So for these horses, we want to maximize the quantity and quality of their forage. So Minimum horses need 1.5% of their body weight in forage. The hard keeper really needs 2% to 2.5%. Sometimes they'll even eat more than that. So perfect world, if I had total control, they would have free choice access to a good quality grass or grass alfalfa mix. So let's maximize the number of calories they're getting from their forage. Then we want to look at our concentrate. What are we feeding? How much of it are we feeding? How many meals are we splitting it into? So even though these horses need to gain weight, we do need to keep in mind that for your average size horse, the maximum you're going to want to feed is five pounds per meal. If we increase it to six, seven, eight pounds, they're more likely to experience digestive upset and they're less efficient at digesting that feed. And the name of the game is improving efficiency. So they get as many calories as possible out of a meal. So when I look at that concentrate, I'm interested in things like how calorie dense it is, not in the sense that I'm like crazy concerned about calories and I compare feed from line A to feed from line B and pick the one with the most calories. I'm more so looking at composition in the sense that I'm interested in the fat and fiber and then what the NSC value is. So I'm going to want to maximize the amount of fat that I'm feeding without overfeeding fat because we've talked a lot about how that decreases digestive efficiency. And then sometimes I could look at something that's pretty calorie dense with a lot of calories coming from sugar and starch. That's probably creating some chronic low level digestive upset so that if I just shift where those calories are coming from towards fat and fiber, a lot of times the horse gains weight. Now, let's say you're in a situation where the barn only provides Colmenese. Colmenese is 8% fat. I'm feeding five pounds of it per meal. I can only feed two meals a day. My horse isn't quite where I need them to be. Then we could definitely look at a fat supplement. I would say, however, if you're feeding Colmultra, which is 12% fat, you're feeding the five pounds per meal. Adding a fat supplement on top of the really high fat feed is probably not going to work because we have those issues with digestive efficiency. So then I might think about, can I feed a third meal? Can I feed a snack? Can I supplement with alfalfa? Let's say my forage is not good. I feed a lot of it, but you know what? 
all I could get was not great hay. It happens. Well, then maybe I'm going to say if I improve how efficiently they use the rest of the hay in their diet, maybe they'll gain weight. And we have actually a really good um, case study about this where we shifted from calm ultra to senior sport. Senior sport's a little less calorie dense, but it's higher in fiber and it supports not as great hay and horse gained weight. So there's a lot of different ways to think about exactly what that concentrate looks like. But the main things I'm going to think about, how do I get as many good quality calories into that horse from their forage? And then I'm going to look at feeding a calorie dense concentrate that still provides amino acids, trace minerals. They still all need need all of those things, but they're easier to get it into than an easy keeper. Just keeping in mind that sometimes if I try too hard and I add too many fat supplements, I might make it worse. Now, <laughs> just there are for listeners, just it, it is so complex and there's so many different options. And I, and I just want to plug this in here before asking my final question. Again, if you have a heart keeper and, and you need some advice, you know, there is a link in the show notes where you can get a free consultation with the tribute team. So I just wanted to plug that real quick in there. Uh, because it, 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 it is complicated. And if you have good hay, like, like Dr. Rambo was saying, if you have poor quality hay, it means this. If you have good quality hay, it means that. And, and look at availability in your area. So, so that resource is available to you. But Nicole, any final tips on feeding our hard keepers? So kind of just big picture final tips. Outside of my feed program, Am I maximizing the rest of my management strategy to help that horse use as much as its feed? So that's things like your dental program, parasite control program, feeding behavior. Am I creating a situation where this horse is able to eat enough and they're comfortable while eating it? They don't have pressure from herd mates, things like that. And then, you know, honestly, a happy horse is an easier keeper. I mean, some horses, regardless, mm. will require a good amount of grain. But does that mean things like choosing appropriate herd mates, addressing any other underlying pain points? Simple things like blanketing can go a long way towards increasing a horse's feed efficiency. Because if they're cold, they're expending more calories. They might be more comfortable in a heavier blanket. Just kind of thinking about the big picture. Because nutrition is an incredibly important part of this, right? These horses mm-hmm. need more nutritional support to maintain their weight. But maybe you can make some other small changes that allow them to get more out of their nutrition program. And that's going to benefit you in the long run by far. Now, it's all great advice. And you explained everything wonderfully. Uh, you know, it, it, there's so many dynamics when it comes to feeding a horse. So again, like, like you said earlier, this, this is going to keep us in business for quite a while doing the podcast because <laughs> there's so much to address. Now, Nicole, I do want to announce to the listeners that we uh, have been mentioned in, in, a, in a pretty popular blog uh, for podcasting, and we are one of the top 10 horse podcasts in circulation. So that, that made me very happy when I read that. And the blog is Feedspot. And they, they have the list of the top 10 horse podcasts. So we will provide that in the show notes. So you can go there and click on it and you'll see us on there. But there's some other horse podcasts out there if you if you weren't aware of them that you can, you know, dive into for different topics, you know, about different uh, aspects of the equine industry. But great job today, Nicole. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And that's an exciting honor. It's always cool to see yourself on a top 10 list. <laughs> 
Absolutely. I know. I'm like, Ooh, we made it. We made it. So uh, we're going to keep doing it. So stay tuned next week for another great episode.